In far in Toledo, across from the depot, on a bar stool she took off her ring. I thought I'd get closer, so I walked on over, sat down and asked her name. When the drinks finally hit her, she said, I'm no quitter, but I finally quit living on dreams. I'm hungry for laughter, and here ever after, I'm after whatever the other life brings. Spooktacular greetings, my friends. Thank you so very much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your day. Those tunes, as always, are courtesy of the lovely fella, Bobby Mackey, and I'm your host, Tessa Morrow. Off the coast of Mississippi is an island known as Deer Island. It's rather small, about 400 acres, but size does not matter. And if it does to some, at least it doesn't in this case. As it has some twisted history that comes along with it. The two men, they're on the island, that is, of Deer Island. They're sitting around their campfire, shooting the breeze. They're enjoying themselves. The area is beautiful. They're in good company. They're amongst friends. And to boot, they just had a killer day of fishing, something they are both very, very passionate about. Avid fishermen, they are. As the men talk and wait for their dinner, probably fish they just caught that very day to be cooked, they start to hear sounds, unexplainable sounds. Hey, stop talking. Did you hear that? The men, they track the sounds to coming from nearby bushes. It's a calm night. There's no obnoxious waves crashing down to the sandy earth, nor is the wind whistling about. What can be responsible for making these bizarre sounds? The men, they try to find a reasonable explanation and come up with, hey, you know, it's probably one of the island's wild creatures. The sounds, they start to get louder, more obnoxious. They turn around and start to head over to investigate when they find themselves in a purely horrifying situation. There, standing before them, is something they simply cannot believe. But there it stands. If someone else, anyone else, told them this, they would not believe it. There, standing in front of the two fishermen, is a skeleton without a head. Look out! This creepy incident occurred back in the early 1800s. The men, when confronted by the headless skeleton, ran away. I mean, understandably so. The thing, it starts to chase them. The men, they barely make it to their boat and they hightail it the hell out of Deer Island. What the bloody hell was that thing? With panic and adrenaline in their bodies and the rushing of leaving, the men were so panicked that they had left all of their belongings behind. They didn't want to go back, especially at night, but they figured, hey, you know, it's going to be safer during the day, seeing that they had been there for hours before anything even happened. They get back to the island, praying that the mysterious headless creature 
doesn't make another spectacular appearance. While the men did not find the skeletal figure, they did happen upon money. It was scattered here and it was scattered there. It certainly was not there earlier. They certainly would have noticed it. Where did it come from? Whose is it? Who put it there and so easily out in the open for anyone to just take? Give me my money. Is it connected to the creepy headless dude? There may be an explanation to the money bit. Long ago on Deer Island, the story goes that a notorious pirate ship landed on the Deer Island shore. They buried their precious treasure and money and were about to continue on into the dark waters when... Arr, mateys! Which one of ye will stay behind and guard the treasure? At first, the captain's words just kind of sat there in the air, you know? The crew thought long and hard, when suddenly one young man spoke up. Arr, I'd be honored to guard the booty, captain. What this poor man did not know was that when the captain asked who would guard the treasure, you know, there's kind of a reason why the others didn't speak up. The request meant guard it from beyond the grave. As soon as the man said yes, his fate was sealed and unfortunately was off with his head. He was executed right then and there. And his body was then discarded in the nearby bushes. The very same bushes, my friends, that the fishermen heard the mysterious sounds coming from. The headless pirate, Arr, seemed to indeed stand guard and protect the treasure, the booty. The treasure that he unknowingly would die for. No recent known sightings have been documented on this headless matey. On May 20th, 1922, a history columnist, known by many as Mr. Tony, wrote an article about the Deer Island headless creature. Now, Mr. Tony was admired and well-loved in many parts of Mississippi, if not all. Some called him Mr. History, as he was passionate about his work and researched hard and truly enjoyed what he did. When people opened that paper and saw his column and started to read it, they truly felt like they indeed were part of the adventure, thanks to Mr. History, Mr. Tony. At the time of penning this ghost piece, he was only 21 years old. Titled Headless Ghost Haunted Deer Island in Olden Times, Mr. Tony writes, The first known appearance of the Deer Island ghost goes back about 100 years. There were two fishermen who landed on the island at night. It was in the days before the railroad. Through the south. And there was very little to Biloxi then. The fishermen, they made a fire on the sand and were making coffee and getting other eats ready. When suddenly the palmetto bushes began to create much noise despite the stillness of the night thinking it was wild hogs. The fishermen paid no attention to the bushes. Later they glared around and beheld a skeleton standing erect, but without the skull. He then continues on saying that the men made a speedy exit, then came back er later on to find money, dinero, the green stuff, the moolah, 
And yet another fisherman shared his encounter with Tony, saying that he and his three friends were on the island and they heard rattling from the infamous bushes and they were chased off as well. Many fishermen who would visit Deer Island also would have encounters with the headless pirate. Usually the same thing would happen. The men would hear sounds coming from the palmetto bushes and would end up getting chased off the island. Tony discusses yet another resident spirit here on the island. And again, folks, this was back in 1922 when he was writing this. So this ghost dates back to the early 1800s. They are some of Mississippi's oldest ghost tells. The ghost of Blue Fire, he's also known as the Firewater Ghost. In earlier days of fishermen, you know, they would be out fishing early in the morning and would encounter a mysterious object moving smoothly and swiftly in the water, resembling a ball of fire. This was well before electricity, and they considered it what they called a mysterious lantern. Beloved writer Mr. Tony wrote this regarding the firewater ghost. There is one Biloxian who remembers seeing with his own eyes the firewater ghost. It was along the year about 1891 when Captain Eugene Tiblier Jr., 55 years, was rowing a skiff to the back bay one dark morning about 2 a.m., accompanied by his brother Lewis when the light was sighted. It was a bluish light and traveled about one foot from the water. In Captain Eugene Tiblier's own words, this is what he described. We stopped rowing and watched it move out of sight toward the vicinity of Ocean Springs. Now, it is believed by many that the light is a ghostly guard who patrols the area. The light is a lantern that is in his hand. Centuries ago, Deer Island was quite the happening place. Thousands of years ago, ancient American Indians hunted and gathered fish from the island. The French came in 1717, and believe it or not, in 1905, even an amusement park was opened up there. That's how much action was going on there, that they were actually able to put this amusement park on the island. Well, you know, that would soon change when Hurricane Camille came through. She may have formed near Cuba, but boy, she sure showed Mississippi she does not mess around. In fact, Hurricane Camille is the second most intense tropical cyclone to strike the United States. And in Mississippi, the deadly Camille flattened just about every single thing along the coast. The people that were living on Deer Island when Camille came through were forced to leave their homes and just about everything was destroyed. Then, of course, in 2005, Hurricane Katrina came barreling through and we know Katrina was one unforgiving bitch. Again, when it comes to hurricanes, I know the feeling of having to leave everything behind. It's like, to me anyway, in my experience, you're leaving a part of yourself there too. Except I've been able to come back to very little damage. And these people lost it all on Deer Island. Their homes, their belongings, their animals, their everything. They lost it all. While no documented sightings have been reported lately on the Headless Pirate, it is still an active, haunted location. To this day, people who visit the island 
have claimed to hear unexplained sounds and see those mysterious lights. Maybe it's that guard with his lantern. While on the topic of Mississippi, which is a really neat place. I pass through there several times a year during my travels and have some friends there also. I thought I would add one more Mississippi haunting, the Witch of Yazoo's Grave. (laughs) The fire, it's spreading. The horrified townspeople stand there in shock, watching the inferno engulf building after building after building. Businesses and homes are beyond help and, in fact, they're beyond recognition. Ash flying wildly and vigorously through the air, smoke invading people's clean air and attacking their lungs. How can this have happened? This must be a nightmare. I mean, this can't be real. Twenty years earlier. According to legend, an old woman who lived on the Yazoo River was caught one day torturing a couple of fishermen. It was thought that she lured the fishermen off the river and onto her property. Now, for quite a while, fishermen had been disappearing in the area. You know, they go out to go fishing, they end up going missing, everyone searched for them can't find them. An investigation was being conducted and the law knew that there was an old lady, a hermit, an isolated lady. She was eccentric and her oddities demanded more attention from law enforcement. While on her property, police searched a shed that belonged to her and came upon human bones, several of them. The sheriff himself, he chased her down, They ventured off into the swamplands. By the time the sheriff reached her, the witch's body was halfway into quicksand, and she was sinking quickly. And before she ultimately drowned, she uttered this threat. In 20 years, I will return and burn this town to the ground. Everyone called bull on her threat. She's just some crazy old sadistic broad who likes torturing people. And she's mad that she was finally caught. Whatever. Well... All's fine and well, but fast forward 20 years later, the year is 1904, 20 years after the witch's threat, and the town is going down in flames. It wasn't some tiny house fire. 324 structures were destroyed. 200 of those were homes and 124 businesses. Almost every single business was destroyed. It was catastrophic. The day after the fire, several of people from town went to the cemetery and went to the witch's infamous grave. There had been a large chain that was wrapped around the headstone, and to their horror, that chain was now broken into two. People, locals and visitors alike who've come to visit the witch's grave have experienced really weird things there. And her headstone... Well, a new one was put up, and it didn't last very long. Somehow, this new marker fell over and broke in half. 
And what's even more is that the chain around the grave is constantly having to be repaired as it keeps breaking as well. Now, besides the fire that nearly destroyed the town and the witch's threat, Yazoo has had other deadly occurrences, such as yellow fever outbreaks, tornadoes and hurricanes barreling through, and civil war destruction. Well, I hope you folks enjoyed the southern love and the hauntings that came along with it. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others, you guys. They are equally awesome. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry, my friends. You can binge listen right now. Just go to any of the podcast platforms, such as Overcast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Apple Podcasts, basically wherever you may roam to hit up other awesome podcasts, you'll surely find Paranormal Prowlers podcasts lurking in the background. Whatever platform you're listening from, thank you so much. It is extremely appreciated. Do you have a spooky idea for an episode? A haunted location you'd like to hear about? Perhaps a haunted object, an urban legend? Email me. I'd love to hear all about it. Paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com. This week's special city shoutouts go to Plano, Texas, Attleboro, Massachusetts, South Hutchinson, Kansas, Gallatin, Tennessee, and Kolkata, India. Thank you so much, my awesome ghouls and vamps. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review if you'd like, and we'll see you next week. Oh, my bad. See you next week.